Welcome everybody to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host Maz, joined here by with Mutahir, and yep, this is yep. the first episode of the final book of the first trilogy of Mistborn. <laughs> yeah, so this is just the first episode of the Hero of Ages, which is book three of Mistborn. For those of you who are joining us for the first time and hopping on now, welcome. Um, just fair warning, I have read the book uh, a year ago. Matahed, my brother here, has not read it ever, so this whole podcast is spoiler-free. Having said that, any predictions that I make, they're not spoiler-filled, and they're not intentionally supposed to mislead you against spoilers, which, in my opinion, is a spoiler in and of itself. But it is um, predictions that I had when I was reading the book. And I remember those predictions that I had because I literally, like I said, just read it last year. So now that we got that out of the way, we are on uh uh book three hero of ages and man i forgot how good the entry or just like the first like how he just throws you in in um hero of ages you know like the first line is marsh talking about killing himself oh my god i was like oh okay so we're just gonna start right off okay um the another big thing was ash fell from the sky right yeah. Uh, when you were reading Final Empire, you're like, oh man, are, are we just getting dropped straight into a battle? But you realize, no, the entire world is just literally just ash falling perpetually from the sky. So, anyways, prologue kicks off with Marsh is talking about killing himself, and because there is some metaphysical, mystical, godlike force controlling him called Ruin. And okay, so I, one thing I do like that uh, Sanderson not so subtly put in was that it's been a year since Fall of Ascension. So for those of you who cares uh, care about like you know time frame, there you have it. One year since Fall of Ascension, and he's torturing a Terrasman steward, and not so much torturing, but uh, he's creating an Inquisitor. And he's hammering a spike through the Terrorsman into another thing that will be the Inquisitor. Marsh was right. Making Inquisitors <laughs> is a nasty business. But one thing that we do, I think probably the biggest thing we gather from here is that um, Ruin is searching for something. As far as the... It, it's, it doesn't really make sense to me because it seems that he's uh, omnipotent, I think it's called. I don't think that they are. Because, like, he can control people, like, all over the world, it seems like. And he can... I think he can only control the Inquisitors. Or, like, persuade. So, like... Uh... No, it, it seems like he can directly control the Inquisitors. A lot like how we'll see in a second, Ellen and... And we saw it in the last book, Vin controlling the uh, Coloss. And I like the way that they actually had the perspective on... Uh, Marsh, because it was talking about how he was resisting, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, I don't even know why I'm resisting. I love this. <laughs> and when the whole uh, mind control kind of wore off for a second, it's like, you know, the stench filled him. He hated the smell of death or the blood and, you know, the torture around him. And he was so horrified. Then the ruins control took him over, and he's just like, you know what? I actually love this smell. So it was very... I liked it. It, it. it was nice. Yeah. Um, nicely written. I'm not saying that 
torturing people and the smell of death is nice. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, um, that's the end of prologue. And then chapter one, it starts off in a city called Vetitan. And Fatrin is like, I guess, a leader or, yeah, I guess like the chief of the Fatrin. village. Yeah, you know, Fatrin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Fatrin, Fatrin. Um, and so we kind of pick up a little bit from the people that are coming to report to him. It looks like the mists are lasting longer and longer. And as I remember at the end of all of Ascension, the mists were lasting well into the day. Yeah. Um, so now they're actually going into the noontime, which that's excessive. And so their crops are not doing well. Which we're going to get to the crops in a second because there's something really they, interesting. With the aren't they kind of on the outskirts like of the map? They're, the mist is basically moving in towards Lucidel. I'm sorry, say again? The mist is kind of moving in towards Lucidel. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, like it's like it's like circular. Um, and if Lucidel was the original Terrace, then maybe Ruins got something against Terrace. Like the people, or you're uh, he has his own version of uh, Terrace men, or or I guess what used to be Terrace, which is the now place. yeah. So maybe there's like a huge history behind it, and he just hates it. That's why he's kind of converging onto it. Okay. Sure. So he, she, it, they, you know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so Druff, well, I guess his faction's brother, is not confident that they're going to survive to winter anyways because there is a Coloss attack coming. And I love the imagery kind of painted here when Ellen eventually arrives. He's kind of like arriving on like this horse, right? And he's just... I saw a very cinematic look of him, right? Where he's just like kind of casually strolling along, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's dressed in like really nice regal looking like white outfit, which they have some really good artwork for Ellen in that out, uh, outfit. That I want well, that poster, dude. Did. Yeah. The one with him and Finn. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks awesome. Um, so he. <laughs> he arrives and then immediately starts like barking orders. And I, I I found this very similar to the Avengers movie, the very first Avengers movie. When um Captain America is fighting the Chitari and he tells the cops, like, you know, we need a perimeter here and you know evacuate these buildings and all this stuff. And <laughs> then he's like, actually Why should I take exactly orders from you? And then he kills him. That's that exactly what happened. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, okay. And then, yeah, so that's that's what I, I just got that vibe from it. Um, that's pretty funny. But he just, I mean, he arrives. And, okay, so it's very clear that a year for sure has passed, at the very least, for Ellen. No one else might have changed, but Ellen for sure has changed. I mean, he's, I mean, he took this place over like a storm, man. Like, it, it wasn't even an hour. Like, he arrives, and he just, like, walks in like he owns a place. Because he does own the place. He's the emperor. But, like, you know, they don't know that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they, they have these, uh, these like, rumors about what's going on in the north. But to them, you know, we, we heard, even in Well of Ascension, that some of the further outer reach dominances, the uh, Lord Ruler, even he couldn't kind of keep, like, his grip on it. So it was kind of left to govern itself, so to speak. Yeah. So 
you know, for them, they heard rumors about some venture guy. And <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I, I really like this a lot. Uh, he just comes in and he just starts, and they accept his orders too, which uh, much to Fatron's dismay, um, they, like all of the people just start taking his orders and they have no problem with it. I thought that was really cool. And and the, but rumors have spread that Elland was a Mistborn, but apparently the rumors spread saying that he was born a Mistborn, like he's always been one, and he just hid it for a really long time. Um, again, I love fantasy books that have like rumors because it, it's just really interesting to see the game telephone being played on a national or global scale. And the tinfoil hats everywhere. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. every almost everyone knows the game uh, telephone, right? It's that whole rumor you get. You tell someone one thing, and then eventually you get to the end of the chain. It's like nothing, like how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I'm getting off track here. And I, I had to listen to my notes that Ellen didn't come to take part; he came to take over. <laughs> which, for those of you who don't know, that's a uh, um, MMA slash UFC reference by Conor McGregor, uh, one of his post fight uh, interview. I guess an interview, like in the Kate interview, he said like he was talking about the Irish fighters. He's like, we didn't come to take part; we came to take over. I, I just I, I drew that kind of comparison myself. Um, and I liked the way that Ellen kind of used his experience in fighting Kolos because you know presumably he's been liberating or protecting cities for the past year now he says you know keep up and i like this it makes sense right a lot of times i feel like in books especially ya books they kind of let these battle stuff kind of go to the wayside as far as like legitimate tactics yeah here he talks about keeping a firm line because your family is safe so if they if the coloss break and they just start going past you into the city let them go in because that's just less colossal that we have to fight. The battle of Hogwarts is actually better in the movie than in the book. Yes. Yes, it is. In the <laughs> th- yes. In a way, I think the seventh movie was better than the seventh book. Which seventh movie? Part one or part two? Uh both like combined were like better Ooh, than interesting. Better than uh especially I don't know if part I two. You now that I think about it. Especially but part two was so good. Part one really highlighted the fact that, that the whole book seven was kind of pointless. Like there a large chunks of it felt very boring, like very draggy. I was super excited when I was reading it for the first time because, you know, it's like, holy crap, I've been reading this series for, you know, six years. And that was my first series, but yeah, you know, more on that later. Maybe we can do some bonus episode talking about Harry Potter, but intent, for... wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Easter eggs. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, and then he said, like, you know, two soldiers on one small coloss, three to four on a big coloss. And I know Fatrin was actually talking about this earlier, or contemplating or thinking about this earlier, that his soldiers are trained. And I think Ellen kind of commented on that as well, that, like, you know, it's a good job that you kept your people trained. I mean, that was, you know, that was good, uh, good thinking on his part, even though he himself was thinking that maybe instead of spending time training they they maybe they could have spent more time mining ores so then they could have used that ore for bribes but um 
glad he didn't because the battle that's about to come off, they barely get out of that alive. Yeah. And so the Kolos camp or army arrives, but they start immediately setting up camp or I guess you could call it a camp, but they start setting up a camp and Ellen orders an attack. And I remember when I first read this, I was like, what? What are you doing? Like you just had some awesome battle plan and now you're going to order an attack, but he justified it really well. You know, these Kolos, they're going to make over that wall in no time. Right. Yeah, and, and it's not their frenzy. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want them to be like battle frenzy, like, you know, uh, you know, berserker mode charged up. So you want to attack now and we'll see in a second. It works out really well. So, I mean, it, it's like making the best of a really bad situation. Um, but yeah, like I said, we'll get to that in a second. Chapter two, my man or my Kondra. my goo ten soon. <laughs> oh man. I, okay. So ten soon. Ah, oh, God, I, I, Ever since he left at the end of Well of Ascension, I, w- I could not wait to see more of him. And here we, and literally chapter he was, two, he's here. Yeah, it was really cool in the last one. Yeah, and seeing like the chapter from his perspective was really cool. The way he described like his whole physical being, it sheds so much light on how it is and it, it feels to me like sanderson puts so much thought into the contra you know mm-hmm. like they're goo and he can make eyes without digesting one just because he experienced and it looks like he has like some leftover like organic matter i guess right to actually turn into eyes yeah but because he but it, their eyes are useless because without a skeleton holding the eyes in place, the eyes are kind of like rolling around all over the place. And <laughs> it's he so could, nasty. Yeah, and he can make like, you know, muscles and skull if you wanted, but then like, you know, again, you know, he's just in a pit mm-hmm. in, in the ground. So if he makes eyes, literally all he's going to be doing is seeing like the walls. And uh, But there is one thing. He says that he has something called the Blessing of Presence. Which I guess en- enhances his senses. So, like a uh, elementsy sort of a forkandra. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's something like an elementsy, right? Like, I, in fact, I'm thinking more along the lines of Farukumi, just the way that it sounds, right? Like blessing of presence. Presence. I um, think it's sort of a permanent thing. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Furukumi. Yeah, and that uh, the reason I thought it was more like Farukumi is because, like, he whatever it is he has, like the blessing of uh, presence. I'm like it enhances his senses yeah. a lot like you know i i thought it was more like Farukumi. Yeah. but yeah like you said you know it seems to be more of a permanent thing mm-hmm. while he's wearing it it's like a permanent buff mm-hmm. um <laughs> and so he's being tried for two things he's being tried for essentially betraying zane which is a big no-no because he essentially broke the contract but that's not it, because they said that if that was the only thing that was like he was being tried for, he'd be executed by now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, he's about to be executed anyways, but we'll get to that in a second. But in fact, he's being tried because he revealed secrets of the Chandra. And that is huge, because now they're worried that if that gets out, they could, the Chandra could be hunted again. Yeah. Um. So they, but, you know, like I said, they 
pretty much go forward with this ex- execution, but it seems like one of those like back alley executions, not a official one, off the books kind of thing. Um, but as soon as it started like pouring acid on him, he like instantly started forming a mouth because they they gave him some meat or something to make his flesh out of. Okay, do you know what I uh, envisioned this scene? Do you remember that one time in Attack on Titan Season 1 whenever Aaron uh, turned into a Titan inside of the walls and everyone was like super scared of him? And he had Mikasa and Armin with him? Yeah. And then they like fire like some cannon and yeah. he blocks it? Yeah. So this this part reminded me of that because uh, Aaron was screaming like, don't shoot! Similar in this, uh, what's his name? Or swear, no, or swear. Uh, Tensoon was yelling yeah. like, uh, "What was he yelling?" Um, uh, triangle or judgment. something like that. Judgment. Judgment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, this was super anime in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that I disagree. I think I I I did remember it's, it was giving me Attack on Titan vibes for sure. Personally, not even joking. <laughs> um. But I didn't remember why exactly. And to be honest, even though you're saying all that, I still don't see the connection personally. But long story short, I, I did see something when it came yeah. to. Uh... But yeah, so that's about it for chapter two. It just ends up saying judgment. It, it sounds kind of like one of those uh, parts of the Caribbean uh, parlay. <laughs> parlay. Parts of the Caribbean is okay. It was the first. What was it? Three were great, and then I don't know what they do with four. Um, objectively speaking, first one was the best. I personally like the third one the best. Third because, one was the best, I think. Um, the whole war, even though the war kind of felt cheaped out because Lily was just three ships fighting, not like the whole armada. Oh, but, I just like the Kraken a lot. Ah, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I thought the visuals were like quite a bit more realistic too. Yeah, yeah. You're doing chapter three. Yeah. So chapter three, um, Ellen's still getting used to the Alamancy, but he's like really strong at it. Yeah, like stronger than he should be. So it probably has to do with that magic fill he took in the last book. Hmm. Probably. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that it has to, right? Like, I feel like it's he's be, essentially become a first generation Alamancer, right? Whenever I Where read, it's not watered down. Yeah, whenever I read it, uh, it reminded me of, I think it was, the Condra saying that Vin is not like the the new yeah. Alamancer. She's like the Alamancer mm-hmm. of old. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he goes into the Coloss camp and they fight and they kill, uh, but the frenzy starts up, which is like kind of scary because we saw what happened in the last book. Uh, and Ellen's like soothing and riding the soldiers to keep up the morale. And um, Fatron is just like, dude, why did you just lead us into a bunch of Coloss? And then he points at a little uh a little speck in the sky that okay you were talking about like anime and like come on this is anime right like 
I don't have any scene to compare it to, though. Yeah, you don't need to. Like, this is like clear anime. Like, Except just, maybe, uh, it's I a bird, it's a plane, it's Vin, and she comes down <laughs> like, oh man, and was she, she, yeah, she goes in, and starts fighting, killing, um, and it's pretty clear that the coloss are being controlled because whenever she came down and killed like the biggest coloss, uh, usually the coloss would be like taken aback, the other coloss, but well, she also said that like normally they would have, um. What's it called? They would have like kind of subjugated themselves to her. Like they would have been like, "Okay, you're like clan chief essentially because you beat the previous clan chief." Yeah, yeah. But they like didn't react, so they're being controlled. Um, and she does that whole soothe with uh, Duralman to to control a few of them. Um, and Alan's doing it too. And this brings out the steel inquisitor because he's like hey those are my coloss and uh van fights him and he she tries to rip off the robe but it seems like these inquisitors have gotten a little bit smarter and they put in like these plates uh in the spike areas and the weaknesses so you basically have to behead them um and she beheads him uh I think then she used like the coloss to smash him in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pretty- so a little bit of talk here. He used Electrum, right? Which one is Electrum again? So they it, Electrum is the gold alloy, and Electrum shows you your own future, your own possible future, and it doesn't do much. No, sorry, it's a counter to ADM. Yeah, it's a counter to ATM. It's literally all it's really useful for. It's like a poor man's ATM. Yeah. Um, yeah, it shows your own future. Kind of like how ATM shows everything else's future, near future. Uh, Electrum shows your own near future. So it's like a way of countering, uh, uh-huh. like you said, ATM. Poor man's ATM. <laughs> and apparently, um, actually, no, we will get to that later. Um, so in episode four, yeah, where this is a a TV show now in episode four, (laughs) uh, um, he's kind of in depression mode, which made me pretty sad because I love Seyzed. Uh, he's ever since Tenmil's death, he's just been researching and researching over religions, uh, and trying to look for the one that doesn't contradict itself because every single one that he's looked at has. So I don't know this. Uh, obviously, I haven't read this book, but to me, I think it's gonna end up feeling a little cheap that Say Zed will basically be doing just research the whole book until the very end. That's what I think is gonna happen, and I don't know if I really like that. Um, but he's looking for religion, and he's put away all of his uh, metal mines too. Because um, he thinks that he's never going to use them ever again. Okay, Cause... so one thing I actually wanted to comment on this. the I have, I don't know about you, but me, a part of me believes that even at this moment, Seizet does also believe that he'll kind of come around. If that makes sense. I think, you know, his whole, I don't even know how to explain it. Because if it was me, right, and I was, like, just so fed up, so angry, 
and I wanted to move past like my life's work like this, I'd be deleting this stuff, right? I wouldn't be putting my metal mines aside. I'd be deleting these metal mines. I'd be deleting my flash drives. Um, so I, I don't. I think it'd be pretty hard to throw away like his life's work. That and that's my only counterpoint to my own like theory, I guess, but. Either that, or he just has like, like you said, like you know, terrific self control, <laughs> and he, and even though he might not believe it himself, like you know, he said over and over again, that it's not really for him; it's more for knowledge that should not be lost from the world. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I all I wanted to say is like, kudos to him for not deleting that stuff. A lot of times when I'm thinking, you know what, I'm I'm done, you know, playing this video game forever, so I can delete all these guides and articles I had saved. And I go back to play it like, you know, five, six months later. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go find those guys again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that was Warframe. Oh, my God, you need, you need a wiki to play Warframe. Well, you don't need to save anything for that one. You can just look it up as, as it comes That's up. That's true, yeah. Um, anyway, where was I? He's putting away his metal mines. Uh, yeah. Um, so he says it's not really sure if there's any other Farukamists left in the world, but he also knows that he can't lead the Terrasmen because he has like no faith anymore. Uh, and he's serving Ellen as an ambassador. <clears throat> so yep. right now, uh, him and Breeze are in. Isn't it a South? What's the call? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. call city. Yep. To sign an alliance, to try and convince the call to sign an alliance with Elland. Um, and they're kind of like sitting there waiting in their room uh, because they wrote something to the call and they're just waiting. And Breeze can tell that Seized's still kind of sad. And he tries to cheer him up with like soothing and things like that, but it doesn't really work. And someone comes in uh, with the signed doc with a document that they wrote signed, and it ends there. Yeah, I like you know, like you said, it it's sad seeing um, Zed like that, and the and Breeze. I mean, again, man, I love Breeze. For those of you yeah. joining us, like this episode. I love Freeze. Especially, I felt like, after Well of Ascension, or, you know, through Well of Ascension, you just really realize that dude's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy. And he tries hard to kind of be better for Seizet, or, you know, try and help him out and be there for him and stuff. And, yeah, I... I and, Poor you know, dude. he went out of his way to actually... Well, I wouldn't say went out of his way, but he actually thanked Seizet as well for, like, you know, help... For Seizet helping Breeze uh, right after the battle. Because he mm -hmm. was kind of suffering from that. I, I don't know if you'd call it PTSD, but he was definitely suffering like some trauma from that battle. But yeah, yeah. I mean... I would see your um, worry about, you know, if he's just going to sit around uh, moping for the yeah. whole book. It, um, it kind of reminds me of whenever Ron kind of just like up and left in the seventh book. Uh, I was just like, okay. Did you feel? I felt that was kind of undeserved, personally. 
Like that yeah. didn't feel right. Yeah. I I think the seventh book was the worst by quite a bit. I was kind of disappointed by by that book, but again, that's for another time. Yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of I, another time, <laughs> that is it from us for that episode, boys. Um, that was a one and done, nice and short. Yep. And yeah, for those of you who've been with us since the beginning, um, you guys might have noticed that back in the ascension, we were doing the entire part at once. But to be honest, uh, that was becoming really difficult for us uh, as time went on. Yeah, especially and, now that I have school and yeah. work, and he has responsibilities, and I don't. But I have yeah. school work, so yeah. And then you know, it it was also becoming a lot as far as recording. The recording time would go up, and I, I felt like our quality was kind of suffering. So you know, we're back to the old. Brian, and I mean, if it feels like, you know, maybe we have some extra time here and there, we might do a whole part. Who knows? You know, maybe it's one of those, like, page-turner parts where it's just like, okay, I can't put the book down. That's probably going to be the last part. That's how the last two books' parts were. Yeah. um, Yeah. So, next time, we will be covering chapters 5 through 11 of Hero of Ages. And, as always, please join us on Twitter at pod underscore bookkeeper. We also have a Instagram as well. Uh, that, I believe, is just Keepers of the Book. We'll put that link as well in the show notes. And Discord. please join us on Discord. Yep, that link is also on all the Discord, or on all the uh, show notes. And as something starting for the this new book, I have actually opened a TikTok, and this one will just be kind of... Short, I want to. I don't want to say sound bites, but I don't only just read the book that we're reading here for uh, the podcast, but I also read other books. Like some of you might know, I'm reading Wheel of Time right now, so it might have my reactions for that or a quick review about that. And you know, it might actually, you know, for the books that we're reading for the podcast itself that we cover on these weekly episodes, I might do, you know. I might come across a really nice chapter or a really cool chapter and I want to record my reaction right away. So the TikTok okay, will be yeah. that. Um, that. I'm going to download TikTok right now, actually, so that um, I'm sure that I'm going to have some crazy reactions in this book. So I'm going to record this. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's the if there's anything like the past two books, it would just be me walking yeah, oh <laughs> back and forth. Someone needs to like get... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The pacing back and forth is crazy with this series. But yes, I will uh, link that as well on the show notes. So until next time, everyone, thank you. Thank you. Wow, my voice went really high.